all lives end. But this is a life that ends very well. Right? <clears throat> That's a word of prayer, and then we'll begin to look at it. Father, would you bless us and help us tonight as we look to your word? And Lord, <clears throat> help it to impact us in the way you'd have it to. And Lord, may we long for and yearn for a life like Abraham's. In Jesus' precious name, amen. All right, Genesis 25. Then again, Abraham took a wife, and her name was Keturah. And she bare him Zimran and Joktan and Medan and Midian and Ishbak and Shua. And Jokshan begat Sheba and Dedan, and the sons of Dedan were Ashurim and Latushim and Leumim. And the sons of Midian, Ephah and Ephor and Hanok and Abida and Elde, and all, the, <clears throat> all these were the children of Keturah. And Abraham gave all that he had unto Isaac, but unto the sons of the concubines which Abraham had, Abraham gave gifts, and sent them away from Isaac his son, while he yet lived eastward unto the east country. And these were the <clears throat> are the days of the years of Abraham's life which he lived, and hundred threescore and fifteen years, which is hundred and seventy-five years he lived. And Abraham gave up the ghost and died in a good old age, an old man and full of years, and was gathered to his people. And his sons Isaac and Ishmael buried him in the cave of Machpelah in the field of Ephron, the son of Zohar, the Hittite, which, was, which is before Mamre, the field which Abraham purchased of the sons of Heth. Uh, and there was Abraham buried and Sarah his wife. <coughs> right? Okay, uh, first of all, Abraham takes a new wife uh, after Sarah is, is dead. Now, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, that, that. That's perfectly fine. But for a Christian, there are some stipulations involved in it. And you find the stipulations in 1 Corinthians 7, verse th uh, 39, right? <clears throat> you, you know that when a spouse dies, uh, <clears throat> somebody can remarry. But look at verse 39 of 1 Corinthians chapter 7. The wife is bound by the law as long as her husband liveth. But if her husband be dead, she is at liberty to be married to whom she will only in the Lord. All right? <clears throat> so really, if we chase it through the Scripture, what we're going to find is the only time the Scripture clearly allows remarriage is when the husband or the wife is dead. Then somebody is free from the bond and they're free to remarry. Now, I realize that in our society, it's different. In our culture is different. But what we've got is we've got a culture that's influencing the Scripture rather than Scripture influencing the, the culture. If you were to read through the Scripture and just read it, <clears throat> uh, uh, take it for face value, y you would find divorce mentioned. But you don't find remarriage mentioned. You will find times when it's that censure for somebody to separate. But you don't find the idea of remarriage. Uh, in the, the only time remarriage is allowed is when it comes down to the place where somebody, uh, <clears throat> where the spouse has died, and then it is allowed. Right. So <clears throat> keep that in mind, that constantly we have a culture that's cutting across the grain of Scripture and changing everything in all kinds of areas. But somebody can remarry after uh, the spouse has died. Right? Now, the second thing I want to say to you is the second condition is this. Right? <clears throat> um, she is at liberty to be married to whom she will, only in the Lord. Now, two thoughts on in the Lord. First of all, very obviously, if you're going to remarry uh, after a spouse dies and you're a believer, it has to be somebody who's saved. Right? That's just <clears throat> basic reality. It has to be somebody who's saved. You can't even consider somebody who's not saved. Now, if we would take some of the, if we would take scripture at face value in black and white and actually apply it to our lives, it simplifies our lives enormously. But because we don't take it at face value, uh, we end up with all kinds of complications and difficulties uh, involved in it. Right? It's somebody in the Lord. You can't even consider marrying somebody outside 
um, of the Lord, right? That's the first thing. The second thing about in the Lord, I would say, is this. Listen, if you're going to remarry after a spouse dies, it has to be in the Lord's will. I think oftentimes people get the idea, well, you know, I just feel lonely, I'm going to get remarried. Well, hang on a minute, that's really not the way. If, <clears throat> the Bible says that you're not your own, that you're bought with a price, that you belong to him. Which means you're not free to do what you like in any area of your life. And definitely you're not free to take your life and connect your life to somebody else apart from the Lord being involved in it. And <clears throat> I think we need to understand that marriage is much more, first of all, than emotional feeling. It is much more than that. And marriage is much more than even just companionship. Marriage is something that God has an angle in, that God has a part of, that God wants marriage for the purpose of raising up a godly seed. So that we need to keep that in mind, that it's not a case of it's just kind of whoever, whatever. No, it's, it's got to be in the Lord. And when, look, when you look at a second marriage, there are all kinds of other issues and so on that need to be taken into account uh, for somebody in it. Now, it's perfectly right, and I think, I, I know some people, and I wish they had actually gotten remarried because uh, they've, <clears throat> they've spent a lot of time on their own. Right? <clears throat> you know, it's perfectly right and proper and normal, but the thing about it is that it needs to be in the Lord. It needs to be, first of all, the person is saved, and it needs to be the Lord's will. Not just somebody going to do something they think is a good idea because they feel like it. It needs to be the Lord's will in their lives. And really, the way, we, the way we find the Lord's will is not by going after what we want, but by going after Him. He reveals His will to us. Look at Romans chapter 12, and you see how you can find the Lord's will in your life. <clears throat> Romans 12, familiar verses. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Right? To prove or to know what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, you don't go after what you want. You go after God. And God brings into your life his good and acceptable and perfect will. I think all too often what we do is we mess up God's plan because we get an idea in our head and we go after the idea. We go after the thing we think will satisfy or make us happy. When really what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to go after the Lord. And he's the one that brings those good things into our lives. And when it comes to marriage, that's the way, that's the way to, <clears throat> you know, Go after the Lord. Be the kind of person God would have you to be. Grow in Him. Walk with Him. Know Him. Let Him lead and guide in your life because that's what you need because, you know, too many times what's happening, even for Christians, is they're getting involved in the contract of marriage and the covenant of marriage and <clears throat> it's obviously not of the Lord and they bounce in and they bounce out and they hurt themselves. Uh, they hurt each other. They hurt children. You know, <clears throat> When it comes down to it, this thing needs to be of the Lord. First of all, the person has to be saved. And secondly, the Lord's smile has to be on it. And you know, <clears throat> the, the truth is, if the Lord has you single at the moment, he has you single for a purpose. It's not an accident. It's just not an accident. We kind of look at these things and think, there's no accidents with God. If the Lord has you single, he has you single for a purpose. Look to him. Focus on him. Grow in him. The Bible says this, no good thing will he, will he withhold from them who will walk uprightly. 
that God wants to bless you and God will bless you, but look to him. Now, we're not denying means. We're not denying ways of actually uh, meeting people and so on. We're not denying any of that. But what we're saying is that's not, the, that's not your focus. Your focus is not uh, to go and find a wife, go and find a husband. Your focus is to seek the Lord and follow after him and rest in him and settle in him and, and rejoice in him and seek, <coughs> seek, seek him. And he then provides that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. <coughs> right? So Abraham, Abraham remarries at the tender age of 137, I think it is, uh, when he remarries. And, um, <coughs> and he proceeds to have six children and a bunch of grandchildren after that. Now, interesting the way he deals with them all, right? <coughs> what he does, uh, <coughs> he gave all that he had to Isaac. Right? Now, Isaac was the child of promise. Isaac was the child that, <coughs> uh, that, 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 that God's hand uh, was upon and God's hand was in. And so Abraham gives him everything. But he took care of all the other children and he sent them away so that there'd be no conflict. And he sent them away. You know what? <coughs> Something you've seen and I've seen, uh, parents that wait till they actually die and leave the will and let the kids slug it out over the will. I think this, if you can bless your kids while, while you're living, bless them. You know, who needs to, to, to inherit a fortune when they're 75? Do, do, do you ever feel for Prince Charles over in England? I mean, he's an old man. And he's, and he's not started his life's work yet. You know, listen, when it comes to being able to bless your kids, bless them while, while you can. You know, and, uh, and don't, don't, don't leave it to you. That's what Abraham did. Abraham divided it all. He gave it all to Isaac, and he, and he took care of each of the kids. And um, <clears throat> there wasn't much to divvy up when he was gone. Because honestly... Uh, isn't it incredible how covetousness gets going? And there's all kinds for a family too when it comes to a will. There's all kinds of uh, deals and issues in it. Right? There's covetousness, which is real uh, in any family. And then there's the emotional issues involved in it. You know, it's rare that you find a family where all the kids say, you know, mom and dad love us all equally. That's, that's rare that you find. You know, <clears throat> now the parents will always say we love them all equally, but the kids oftentimes don't feel that. The kids oftentimes feel that, that um, <coughs> uh, one child is loved above, above the others, one child is special, and so on. And all that begins to play out then in the will. And it can create havoc in families. So there you are, you know, leaving it behind, being a blessing. But what you find out, you know what? Uh, <coughs> it, it causes much trouble and bother. Right? So if you can give it to them when, when you're still living, listen, do. Bless them uh, the way Abraham did, right? Okay. Uh, those are just, listen, that, that's just the scripture giving you real practical living advice. It just kind of comes out of the pages of scripture. That's practical living advice, uh, how to do things. Um, <clears throat> verse 7. And these are the days of the years of Abraham's life which he lived, and hundred three score and fifteen years. And then Abraham gave up the ghost and died in a good old age, an old man and full of years, and was gathered to his people. Now you see what it says in full of years there? Uh, the translators put of years in italics because they, 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 they put it in because that's the, what they thought was there. But, but Abraham died full. Abraham died satisfied. He'd had a good life. He was happy with his life. Abraham laid on his deathbed and looked back over his life and he said, it's a good life. I'm glad for the life I lived. I'm happy with the life I lived. Now, let's think back through Abraham's life. 75 years, we don't know much about his life. He lived in Ur of the Chaldees. Uh, <clears throat> somehow, though, he had a heart for God, because God picked him out of all the people on the planet 
to start the nation of Israel. So somehow he caught the attention of God when he was in Ur of the Chaldees. And God came to him at 75 and told him, I want you to leave Ur of the Chaldees. I'm going to, I'm going to bless you and make you, make you your great name and make you, give you a great family. And Abraham uprooted. And Abraham <clears throat> put his stuff together, took his wife, Lot, which probably wasn't the best idea, uh, and his father at that point, but the, the, they all left. Abraham left a comfortable, safe secure place with lots of promise and hope for what? For a, a promise that, that he had no substance to. So, so he left everything because God called him to. And, and we've watched him over the last few uh, <clears throat> couple of months. We've watched him as, he, as, as his life wanders uh, <clears throat> around Canaan land and down into Egypt and he makes mistakes and he gets it wrong. Um, <clears throat> You know what? Well, look at life that's look at a life that's that's working out well. Oh yeah, it's not perfect. Some hard things, some difficult things in his life, but blessings. Becomes a very rich and wealthy man. But <clears throat> you, you you only know that because God tells you. Because Abraham doesn't strike you as being a wealthy man. It's no big deal to Abraham. Abraham's not not worried about money. He's he's not focused on money at all. He's just walking with God by faith and, and his life is being blessed. That's, that's not, not, not his focus. And then God gives him Isaac and um, that's just a beautiful story. Laughter. This boy laughter. Abraham laughs. Sarah laughs. They think it's ridiculous. God's going to give them a child. She's way past childbearing and God gives them a child. And and, and glorious story there and, and the love of his life and, and, and then God asks him to sacrifice the boy. Sacrifice the promise. Sacrifice all of it. And Abraham works out, you know what? If God said he was going to give me a seed through Isaac, he will. So he must be going to raise him from the dead. So he plans to go through with exactly what God had told him to do. And God says no. And Isaac gets to grow up. And last week we looked at, a, <clears throat> found a way for Isaac. And, and, and Sarah died. And, and then we find Abraham in his old age that he gets married. And he has another family. And you know what we've got? We've got a life that's full. A life that's got blessings in it. A life that really is enviable. You know, it's, it's, it's a life, you know, not without problems, because no life is without problems, but it's, but it's a life that's, that's enviable. Wouldn't you like a life like Abraham's? Wouldn't you like, wouldn't you like to walk with God like Abraham did? Wouldn't you like to talk to the angels, talk to the Lord Jesus like Abraham did? Wouldn't you like all that? You know, <clears throat> listen, God gave him a blessed life. And his blessed life was because he walked with God by faith. We looked this morning at the idea that he honored God. And really, Abraham's life is all about God. But it's a blessed, it's a full, it's, it's a happy life. You know, we look at so many lives that pass away and they're not happy lives. I mean, Robin Williams, you know, that's a heartbreak, isn't it? Here's this man, this funny man that made the world laugh with all these jokes and, and yet uh, the funny man masked deep pain depression that just wore him out and dragged him down you know he ended his own life glad glad to be out of it not so sure he's so glad today by the way but glad to be out of it glad to walk away from this life and so many people end their days glad to leave 
It's been hard. It's been difficult. And they're glad to get out of it. Not Abraham. Full life. Satisfied life. Now, <clears throat> here's the thing. Nobody here is planning on dying tonight, right? <clears throat> Even Willie, though it's his birthday, right? He's not planning on dying. I mean, he's, he, he's planning and he's got lots of years uh, <clears throat> ahead of him. But one day we will die. One day you'll lie on your deathbed. Or you'll be killed somehow. Well, one day it'll be the end for you. And in that day, if you have the presence of mind, you're going to be looking back over your life and you're going to be saying, did it count? What was it full? Was it satisfying? Now, <clears throat> the only way you can make it full and satisfying is to walk with God. That's the only way. Very easy for you to come to the place of salvation, for you to come to the place where you begin to walk with God, turn back, and end up with your life really meaning very little. End up with your life looking back over your life and, you know what, it doesn't count for much. Very easy for people to do that. What you've got to do is you've got to decide you're going to walk with God and then walk with God. And, you know, problems and all as Abraham had, as he walked through his life, it's blessed. And then he stepped out of it and into eternity. And he was so glad for the way he lived his life. Now really, we've got to get a long-term view of what's happening with our lives. We've got to get along. We've got, we got to understand. You know what? Listen, there's, 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 there's a lot of days and a lot of years. They, they fly, but there's a lot of time. Now, what's your life going to count for when it's all over and done with? Abraham's life counted for something. It was full. It was satisfied. He was happy. He looked back over it and he said, I'm glad for the choice that I made. Will you? Will you look back at the end of your days and be glad for the choices you're making today. It can go either way. That's not, that's, not, that's not a given because you're a Christian. Will you look back and be glad for the life you've lived and the choices you've made? Now, <clears throat> listen, all it takes, and it's very simple, is for you to decide, I'm going to honor God, I'm going to live for God. You're not perfect, you won't be perfect, you'll fall, but you get back up again, you confess the sin, you make it right, and you move on with God. And you set your, set your sail, I'm going to follow God. I'm going to live for God with everything that's in me, with all, my, with all that I can do by His grace, I'm going to live for God. And when you begin to live for God, you begin to have a life that counts. You begin to have a life that's important, that affects the world, that touches the world, that impacts the world. Abraham... <clears throat> had a full life. I'd like on my deathbed to look back over a full life like that. I'd be able to look back and say, you know what, I'm happy with the choices I made. But you know what? The choices you're making today are the key to what you're going to look at in that day. You know, that's not the day that counts. This is the day that counts. The choices you're making today <clears throat> are the, cho the choices that are going to count, right? Uh, right verse 8, sorry, verse 9. And his sons Isaac and Ishmael buried him in the cave of Machpelah, in the field of Ephron, the son of Zohar, the Hittite, which is before Mamre. The field which Abraham purchased of the sons of Heth, there was Abraham buried and Sarah his wife. Right? <clears throat> now, uh, here's an interesting thing. God promised Abraham something. Remember what God promised him? What did he promise him? He promised him a seed. 
Right, how, how many kids of that seed does he have now? One. One child. That's all he, that's all he sees of that seed. <clears throat> okay, now, next question. What a God, God promised him a land, didn't he? The land we, we call Israel today, and much more than just what Israel owns today. Much more than Israel's ever owned. God promised him. And you know what? When Abraham dies, all he owns is a grave. By the way, when you die, that's all you need to own. You don't need any more when you die. But he's not seen anything of the great promise. Now, he knows and he has faith, and with the eyes of faith he can see it, but he's not seen it. I want you to turn to Hebrews 11. Because what we're going to find here is we're going to find the key to how Abraham lived his life and the key to how you're going to live your life too if you're going to live a life that counts. Hebrews 11. Verse 8 starts the story of Abraham, right? <clears throat> By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whither he went. Now, why did he do that? It's going to tell us. Why did he follow God to a place he didn't know where he was going? It's going to tell us. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. Look at verse 10. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Now I want to ask you a question. Do you think he expected someday to stumble across that city? In his travels? No. You know what he's looking to? He's looking to heaven. Now you know what? Abraham doesn't have the revelation of heaven that you and I do. He doesn't know as much about it as we do. Yet <clears throat> we live in a glorious age where the revelation of the scripture is full. It's, it's all we need. God's given us this glorious revelation of all that happened. But Abraham didn't know that, but he knew some things. He knew this. <clears throat> if we were to ask what the basis of Abraham's walk in life was this, he knew that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. In other words, he could say to himself, God will reward me as I diligently seek him. So I'm going to go out and I'm going to leave and I'm going to walk with him and he is going to reward me. He is going to take care of me. And that's the basic, of, basic <clears throat> promise of faith. God will reward me. I'm going to follow him and he's going to reward me. He looked for, <clears throat> for a city which hath foundations whose builder and maker is God. He didn't exactly know what he was looking for. But he knew God. And he knew that God was going to reward him. Look at verse 11. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. Look at verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises. That, that's Abraham. He died, he hadn't received the promises. <coughs> But you know what he had? Because Abraham knew God was going to deliver. He knew it couldn't be otherwise. 
when he, when he raised up that knife to slay Isaac, his son, he's, he's you know, he's what? Six or eight inches away from, from, from destroying the promise. But he knew that God couldn't break his promise. And that somehow this boy was going to produce seed. This boy was going to have a baby. And there, were going to be, and there was going to be a multitude. And he was right. God did. And we, we, we look at the reality of We look at the Israelites all over the world. And, you know, we, we see God's hand. And we see the nation lifted out of nothing. You know, in our lifetimes. God, God has done great things. Abraham knew though. But here's what he was trusting in. Not what he could see. But he was trusting in a promise. A promise that's much bigger than you can see. You know what I think? I think we sell ourselves way too short. If you ask Abraham, what's your glory, Abraham? What is it that really makes your life work? Do you think he would have led you out and said, look at my flocks? Look, look at my bags of gold? Man, I'm wealthy. Do you think he would have? No. That didn't matter. That wasn't the issue. If you asked Abraham what it was that was that was his glory, he'd have said, God has made me some promises. He's going to make my name great in the world. He's going to give me a seed that's going to stretch across the earth. God's doing a great thing. That was his glory. What God was going to do. That's what his life was about. That, that, that was where his focus was. His focus was not on this world. His focus was not on what was happening. His focus on what God, was on what God was doing. He was looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and, and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that see such things, say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country. That is in heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. Now, <clears throat> let me just bring that home to us here in, the, you know, <clears throat> in 2014. Here, here you are, you're living your life in 2014, you're living in Ireland, uh, you know, you're, you're here and you've got all the, the problems and difficulties and issues and all the pressures of this life, and all the pressures of this life are pressing you away from what we're talking about. That's just the way it is. All those pressures are pushing you away. All, those, all these pressures are saying to you, no, 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 don't listen, don't go with the airy-fairy stuff they're giving you up at that church. What you need to do is get something solid in your life. You know, you need to be happy. You need to have fun. You need to get a few bob. You know, you need to enjoy yourself. Don't go with that airy-fairy stuff. That's not going to satisfy you in the end. <clears throat> you know, don't, don't go with that one. And, and, and that's, that's what the world is pressing us to do. It's pressing us to take it now, whatever we can. So here you are, you're making decisions all day long. And you're making decisions all day long. What's more important? Is God and eternity more important or is here and now and what makes me feel good more important? You're making those choices all day long. And here's what so often we do. Even though we're believers, even though we're the children of God, we sell out for the short-term gain. And we miss out on blessings innumerable. 
we'll just go with what we can have right now. We take it now. And we miss out on what God has for us. Abraham didn't. If Abraham was going on that, on that grounds, when God came to him and said, I want you to leave over the child days, Abraham would have said, hang on a minute, look, look what I got here. Uncomfortable. I've got blessings. I've got family. I'm wealthy. There's no way I'm leaving all this behind. You, know, you want me to leave all this for, for, to go to a place where I don't know where I'm going even? But Abraham didn't look on where he was going. Abraham looked on heaven. God was taking him somewhere and God was bringing his life somewhere and God was going to do something with him. Abraham was looking for something much greater than what he could have in the here and now. And he lived his life by that principle. And that's why at the age of 175 he could look back over his life and he could say, it was a good life. It counted. Now I want you to notice in Abraham's life too. He lived his life for the unseen. But when it came to the scene, he had it all. He had all of it. He had money. He had cattle. He was a great man. Everybody knew of Abraham. He had it all. So here's what he's doing. He's living his life for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. And while he's got his focus there, God's blessing his life. Taking care of him. Taking care of him abundantly. You know, he's a sweet marriage with Sarah. Yeah, they got problems and difficulties. And, you know, Hagar definitely steps into that picture. And, and then he gets married a second time and he has six children. Listen, this is a full life. This is a blessed life. This is a life, you know, that, that you look at and is enviable. But his focus wasn't on that. His focus was on something greater. You know what reminds you of the Bible verse? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. You put God first in your life. You honor God. And God will take care of you. God will meet your needs. But we so often get it back to front. We get our focus on I want the honor. I want the this. I want that. I want the other. And we get our focus upon those things. And we short circuit what God is doing because you're made for God. The blessings that you seek are just incidentals. Don't give your life to them. Don't, don't spend your life looking for them. You know, it's interesting. Steve Jobs <clears throat> um, have an iPad, have an iPhone. Many of you have uh, some of the things that uh, he was responsible, at least, for creating. Uh, <clears throat> you, know, uh, <clears throat> you know, a powerhouse of <clears throat> creativity and, and uh, motivation to other people to actually create and push them and press them. And, you know, had amazing things uh, happen, developed amazing things. But you know, in his 60s, he got cancer. And for all his power and his drive and his ability, he couldn't do anything about it. Because you know what? Like the rest of us, every moment we have is given to us by God. Everything that we have is from God. And we either live like it's ours and we're going to make it happen and too late realize we can't make it happen. Or we live for him. And when we live for him, he takes care of us. And he does a much better job than you or I will ever do. 
But along the road, there's going to be <coughs> choices to make and there's going to be <coughs> a plan to live that's not the plan humans particularly want. But Abraham did it. He set his focus on heaven, on God, on what God wanted. And that's what made his life different. That's what made his life count. Now, now let me ask you, what's the most important thing to you right now? What is it that's driving your life right now? You don't have to tell me, but do be honest with yourself. What is it that you have to have? What is it that you, you put your time, your energy, and your devotion into? Martin Luther said that what a man lives with, sleeps with, wakes with, that which occupies his attention and his time is his God. And yet it's very real. What is it that drives your life? What is it that's the most important thing to you? You could have asked Abraham at any moment in his life, what's the most important thing to you, Abraham? He would have said, God. Can you prove that, Abraham? Well, I can actually, because I, had the, I have this boy. He's the joy of my life. In fact, to be honest with you, my whole life is centered around the birth of this boy. God asked me to sacrifice him, and I said I would. God stopped me in the end. The driving force, the thing that made his life work, the thing that was important to him was God. What's important to you? What makes your life work? What is it that you wake up in the morning, first thing you're thinking about? What is the thing that you go to bed thinking about? What's the most important thing to you? If it's not God, you're selling yourself short. Do you get that? You're selling yourself short. You were made for greater things. You were made for more important things. You know, we sing wonderful songs, don't we? <clears throat> about being satisfied in Him. But sometimes they're just songs. They're, they're hopeful aspirations. Can you really be satisfied in Him? Abraham was. Abraham was. And he proved it. Because he put everything on the line for that relationship. Everything was secondary to that relationship with God. You know, listen, what's the most important thing to you? What drives your life? Is it money? Money's a very poor substitute for God. It really is. Is it pleasure? How much pleasure would it take to satisfy you? You know the answer, don't you? You can never satisfy yourself with pleasure. You can never satisfy yourself with money. In fact, you could search this world high up and low down. You're not going to find anything that can satisfy you. It just won't happen. But God will. And Abraham discovered that and he lived that. He lived that reality. He lived the reality that, that God could satisfy. And he lived a great life. Listen, you and I want a great life, don't we? The, the, the idea of looking back over our lives when it's our time to pop off and looking back and saying, it was good. I'm glad. I'm happy for that. That's really appealing to us. Yeah, you, you may be young and you may not be thinking of dying for another hundred years. 
But still, the idea of being able to look back over it and say, yeah, it was good. It was blessed. I enjoyed it. And, <laughs> and it had an impact. But the way to do that is for you not to focus on this life, but to focus on Him. To focus on heaven. To focus on what He wants. You see, all of the things Abraham had couldn't have satisfied. Abraham could have taken his bags of gold and his bags of silver out, you know, at night and kind of sat them in the middle of the tent and counted his gold. Wouldn't have satisfied him. Just wouldn't have satisfied him. He could have counted his sheep. Wouldn't have satisfied him. The only thing that could satisfy Abraham was God. And the only thing that can satisfy you is God too. Now, if we want a life like that, we have to come to that place. And truly, I think it's a work of God in our lives to bring us there. I think Abraham took God at face value, and God took Abraham at face value. Will you, will you leave over the Chaldees? Yes, I want you. I will leave for you. Okay. And God knew, you know what? He thinks, he thinks he's all surrendered, but he's not. But I'll help him. And God helped him. God helped him get focused on him. Can you imagine? You got everything the world can offer, but no son. And your whole life centered around a son. Can you imagine? I mean, that's hard. Yeah, that's exactly what God did. God helped him come to surrender. And here he is, 25 years waiting for the boy to be born. And finally, finally the boy is born. And then the ultimate test. Would you sacrifice him to me, Abraham? Abraham, do you love me more than you love Isaac? And really the question is, and it always is the question, Abraham, do you love me more than you love yourself? Abraham, am I more important to you than your dreams? And Abraham said, yes, Lord, you are. And I think heaven rang with rejoicing. Because I think for God, that's what it's all about. It's all about us choosing him above everything else. And when Abraham said, yes, Lord, God said, great. We're going to start a nation that's going to redeem the world. And God did. And Jesus came through him. And the whole world was touched and changed forever. Because of one little man that truly put God first in his life. Now we're nothing special, are we? We're a little man and little woman. You know, left to ourselves, we don't have a lot of money, we don't have a lot of power, we're, we're really not going to impact our world in a great way. But you know what? If we could be like Abraham, If we could make God number one, truly number one in our lives, and if we could yield ourselves to Him, you know what? He can do anything. Remember, this is the God that spoke creation into existence. He can do anything. So the littlest of your life is no obstacle to what God can do. You know what is an obstacle? 
Where's your focus? What's important to you? What are you focused on? Make him your focus. You say, I'm not able. I know you're not able, and he knows you're not able. But tell him that's what you want. Like Abraham, he'll take you by the hand, and he'll lead you through and give you a life that counts. Make him your focus. Make tonight the night where you say, God, my life's about you. I want to honor you. I want that to be my life. I want to honor you and live for you. Make tonight that night. And you'd be amazed at what God can take and do in your life. Let's stand for prayer. Let me ask you. Every head's bowed and every eye is closed. Let me just ask you a question tonight. Just one question. You're here tonight and you've never come to that place where you've said, okay, I want God and all that he has. And tonight you'd say, Pastor, would you pray for me? That's what I want. I don't know that I'm able. In fact, I'm pretty sure I'm not. But that's what I want. I want God to be all in all. I want to live a life like Abraham. I want to live a life that counts. I want to, I, I want to put him first above all else. Would you lift your hand so I can pray for you? Amen. Amen. See those hands. Amen. Are there others? Amen. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for, um, Lord, the wonderful example of Abraham. And, Lord, this life is fleeting, and we know it. And, Lord, we get sidetracked so easily. But, Lord, there are hands that have been raised, and, Lord, you know hearts. And I believe, Lord, that we've got a people here that have, in their hearts, Lord, to have lives that count. Now, Lord, we're not able and we freely confess it, Lord. Well, Lord, you are able. And Lord, you took Abraham and you made a great one out of him. A great one for you. Lord, we don't seek the glory that man knows. But, oh Lord, we do seek glory with you. And Lord, we seek to have an impact upon our world for you. Lord, would you bless and take each hand that's raised as a, uh, as a heart that means it. And, oh, Lord, would you bless and take each one and lead and guide and use us mightily for your glory and your honor. And, Lord, the glory all belongs to you. In Jesus' name, amen.